Hey guys, before we jump into the show, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety, whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Let's jump into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high. The best part of the weekend, hugging the perfect stranger as they become a friend, having a good time when the orange and blue W I Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast. Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens coming to you from, well, my apartment today. Uh, no Broncos today, so we are here at the Elixinol Studios, if you want to call it that, <laughs> and make it a little more fancy. We're also live on Periscope, so to anyone who's uh, joining us there, uh, we welcome you into the show. But Zach, I want to start today with something a little different than what we would normally do. I guess it's, it's not exactly Broncos talk. But there is a Denver angle here. So let's start here. Denver did not get the draft, which was actually expected. Um, They had a decent chance to get it last year. I think they ended up making the right call with Nashville. Nashville was awesome. But I guess it's not that that Denver didn't get it. That surprises me. It's who did get it. (laughs) And that is Cleveland. Now, we have listeners everywhere, and I'm sure we have someone in Cleveland. But let's be real here. <laughs> Cleveland or Denver? Come on. Come on. Especially, you know, with the package of potentially red rocks overlooking the city, the beautiful amphitheater. But Cleveland? Someone joked on Twitter. They said, uh, they said the NFL, 2021 NFL draft has been awarded to Cleveland. Someone was like, man, I know they've been bad, but giving them the whole dra- all the draft picks is, <laughs> seems kind of extreme. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. It's like, why would you go to Cleveland before you go to Denver? I get, like, cool. yeah, they have Baker Mayfield and, like, OBJ and Kareem Hunt, and, like, that's exciting. But that has nothing to do with the draft. That's exactly what I was going to say. Are we awarding it to the team, or are we awarding it to the players, or are we awarding it to the city? Because fans, when they travel here in the draft, I mean, the the NFL has done a fantastic job with the draft, making it a destination, a vacation, is something that people want to be at. What? How many people were in Nashville? Like a hundred thousand on the streets or something? I think they said they said it during the draft, and I looked at you and said, "What in the? That is absurd." And we were sitting there saying, "Like, what are those people doing?" <laughs> but it made sense in Nashville, I guess. It was yeah. ni- the weather was nice. It was on an awesome street where you could just pop. You could yep. go in. Get a drink at you know Joe's Tavern. Yep. Pop back out. Watch, I guess like uh, <laughs> some teams announce that they are going to pick a player. Go back in. Do yep. whatever you can. But that's also one complaint or issue I would have with it being at Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. You're stuck. You're trapped in Red Rocks. Also, do you know the capacity of Red Rocks? It's about ten thousand. Exactly nine thousand five hundred and twenty-five. 
Yeah, I mean, for, I guess, reference there, that's half of the Pepsi Center. Right. Or if you're like me, you would equate it to the Coors Event Center up in Boulder. That's essentially 10,000, a little I thought, more. I thought we were going Folsom Field. Folsom Field is a lot bigger <laughs> than that. But that new stadium they built in Fort Collins is about that size. <laughs> yep. No, that, I, I'm sure it's beautiful. But that's very small. I mean, if you think of the Coors Event Center, if you've ever been there for a CU basketball right. game, it's not a large venue. And that's a problem with Red Rocks. Now, you could probably pack in couple extra thousand up on the top little terrace area if you make that like you could make that like draft city or whatever let's say you make it 50 percent more you're only at fifteen thousand. well i think and you know i wasn't in the pitch i think what you would do is take one of those top parking lots mm-hmm. and expand that and maybe all of the top parking lots yeah and that becomes like draft city right and so you can still branch okay. out but here's okay. the problem you're still stuck mm-hmm. in Morrison, Colorado. Unless you extend Draft City all the way down six <laughs> to Denver. <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. You can hit some like sweet little taco joints on your way down as you walk through. You could do a, a nine hole golf course on your way. Which one? Any? No, you oh, make they one. They build one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the march to Denver, and everyone can just kind of pair off doing another's laser tag. <laughs> the draft does expand to thirty days too, in order for you to make it the, the whole way. Why wouldn't they just keep adding stuff to the draft? There'd be no reason. They should make something called the eighth round, which is broadcast on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> and that's when like they, they go like live to all the players' houses who didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. And they're like inside and they're taking phone calls. Like, Wait, why are you suggesting this, Ryan? We want Sunday off. We, re- we, <laughs> we need Sunday. It's not that we want Sunday off. We need Sunday off. Um, but speaking of making the draft more what's the word dramatic i guess interesting interesting and making more money off the draft which Mm -hmm. is already absurd that they can make as much money as they already do off of just saying like hey the teams are picking players yeah tune in (laughs) i mean and tens of millions of people do especially really quick compare it to every other draft the nba draft has a little bit a little bit of build-up for, for what? like the first four picks. Exactly. Then everyone's tuned out. If you're not one of those markets, then you don't care. I mean, does anyone really care about the number one overall pick this year? We'll know before the draft card is turned in. When Nikola Jokic was picked, right? they were playing a Taco <laughs> Bell commercial. That is a real story. It went to commercial. That's how like important the second, that's the second round. Yeah. In the NFL, the second round is still primetime television. Yep. This was like, you know, just, it was only on NBA TV. Yep. And they're playing a quesarito commercial <laughs> while the greatest big man of this generation was selected. And what about what, what is? Could there even be a commercial break for the MLB draft? I've never watched it on TV. I didn't know it was on. I don't know if it's on TV. I think it's on MLB TV. Okay, just like that. It's actually like an inch. I just remember watching. I think it was actually the Brendan Rodgers mm-hmm. draft. I actually watched that one, and because you knew this day was going to come. Yeah, and. It was it was weird. Uh, they have like they built this set and there was like dugouts on the <laughs> oh, set. Gosh. Like Brendan Rodgers is like in the dugout <laughs> no. waiting to get selected. No way. <laughs> so not yeah, none of the other ones are are as um, dramatic or as built up. But there's one thing that the NBA mm. and NHL mm-hmm. have that gives them intrigue about the draft before the draft. 
Mm. And that is the lottery. Mm. And I found it highly interesting that when the NBA draft lottery happened just a few weeks ago, an official NFL-owned account tweeted at the official NFL account, because the official account is getting (laughs) confusing. The official account was at NFL draft. They tweeted at NFL and said, hey, we want a lottery too. What do you think of that? I thought it was a great, great tweet because of the dynamic you talked about. Ah, a lottery. Ryan, let me just uncork you. A lottery? You know what I think? A lot of BS. <laughs> no, I, I'm not okay with this. Mm. And... I don't know if I'm going to get my my tinfoil hat on right now, but I don't trust. I just don't. I don't trust anything. <laughs> I don't trust you. I don't, I don't trust myself. I don't trust anyone. And I don't like putting something out there that gives me another chance to not trust you. Mm. Because you know what? I realized that the New Orleans Pelicans got the number one overall pick, which good for them, as we know, great city. <laughs> um, Wild city. But the Lakers still jumped up, hmm. and that gate that kind of ground my gears. <laughs> I was like, "This is I don't know about that," because the Lakers had like a one percent chance of getting into the lottery. How did they get in there? And I realized that what they're four, they got up to four. Yeah. So now you're giving me more reason to not trust you. People already want to believe the NBA is rigged because mm-hmm. it's this it's the game that the officials have the most impact on, and and football's not far after it. But, I mean, the officials can blow the whistle every play in a basketball game. Yeah. And there's a foul to be called probably on every play. And the same thing goes for the NFL. And and I don't – I mean, when we were in New Orleans two years ago, our Uber driver was talking about how he believed <laughs> the NFL was rigged. Uh, he was dead set on believing the NFL was rigged. How does he feel now? I know. I was going to say <laughs> that was before the pass interference or non-pass interference. Um, so he's probably done with the NFL at this point. <laughs> yep. But I don't want to give them, uh, or me, I don't want to give myself another reason to say, uh, this is shady. (laughs) Because it's just, I don't know. I think the NFL is so perfect when it comes to parody. And I know people will point to the whole Manning, uh, Brady, and Roethlisberger, and Flacco. uh, (laughs) Being in all of the Super Bowls for the last 18 years. So when it comes to the highest of highs, there isn't as much parody as we want to believe there is. But... There is parity, and the teams that suck cannot suck actually pretty fast, and we're we, we're we're, benef- we're hoping to benefit off of that, right? <laughs> and, you know, it, w- we sit here and we think the Broncos can go from six and ten to ten and six in one season. Now, maybe we, maybe we aren't going to predict it, but there's a lot of precedent to say the Broncos can turn it around that fast. You nail free agency, you nail the draft, you get a new quarterback. You can go from 6 and 10 to 10 and 6. And part of that is the draft. And part of that has to exist uh, because the bad teams are instantly rewarded. Who is a team who just barely missed the playoffs this year? That's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean... Uh, The Steelers. Okay, the Steelers. That's a great example. Uh, A generally proud franchise Mm -hmm. who... You know, it's good for the NFL when the Steelers are good. Like, everyone starts thinking of these old school franchises. And everyone's like, man, 
what happened to the Steelers, bro? That yeah. used to be great. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, the Steelers, amid all their dysfunction, mm. are rewarded with the number one overall pick. Mm. And all of a sudden, the Arizona Cardinals, my Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> go from being the worst team in the NFL and thinking they're going to be able to get Kyler Murray as their quarterback mm -hmm. to they're picking like sixth. Mm. And now... Uh, the Steelers got Nick Bosa because they don't need a quarterback. And another team, like, I, I'm blanking on another team that would be in that vein. Yeah. But they bumped up. Maybe the Broncos got bumped up, and that's good for us. But mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not going to trust that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is BS. <laughs> they're trying to reward the Rooney family because they're like a classic NFL royalty family. Or just think about it. The Cowboys didn't make the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, they're the Lakers, right? They're right. the same thing. Yep. So that gives me a lot of pause. And that is why I say it ain't broke. So don't fix it. The NFL draft is amazing. Mm -hmm. And our team's going to tank. Sure. But do we really care if the... 1 and 11 Arizona Cardinals are like purposely losing their last four games. How much tanking is there really in football? I mean, do you think when Arizona fired their head or no, did Steve Wilkes keep his job throughout the year? Yes. When they fired Mike McCoy and brought in who is it? Byron Leftwich? Is that the sure. Jacksonville Jaguars backup quarterback that came in? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think it you was Sure him. it wasn't David Garrard? I don't know, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> when they brought him in, do you think he said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to make this offense as good as it can be uh, in order so that the, the Arizona Cardinals can get the number one overall pick and I'll lose my job after this year? No, he came in. and I, I think there's tanking more so in other sports than there is in football. I mean, you go back to suck for luck. That was, you know, they weren't trying to bring in a great quarterback to replace Peyton Manning that year because they knew what they had on their hands. By, by being bad and getting Andrew Luck. You don't see it all that often. So I'm not worried about putting a lottery in place in order to stop tanking because I don't think it's uh, a huge epidemic and problem in the NFL. But Ryan, be selfish a little bit. Do you think the Broncos in, in, in the foreseeable future are going to have a chance at the number one overall pick? We can only hope not. Do you think the Broncos, is there a chance in the foreseeable future they miss the playoffs? Very much so. So wouldn't the Broncos benefit from this? Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the franchises who generally don't suck most of the time would benefit from this. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> all the other teams that would benefit, like we already know the Patriots are going downhill quick. Mm -hmm. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year. Eventually, the hill is going to drop off and they are going to hit rock bottom. Unless it's the truth. I hope he is, because I, I watched the Draft Academy, and I kind of like him. But How dare you say that? <laughs> but what if they don't bottom out, you know? Wouldn't it be nice for everyone to just get a break from the Patriots? <laughs> sure would be. But if there's a lottery, mm. you know we're sitting there saying, man, this is going to end in a happy ending for Bob Kraft. Trevor Lawrence falls to him. <laughs> it took you, you a second. It took you a second. But right, you, you threw in the Bob. You went casual. Yeah, but that just gives me pause, and I don't want to live. I don't want to live in a world where I have to question the NFL. And why can't it just be like this? It's a lottery put on by a third party, 
And even then, I wouldn't trust it 100%. <laughs> but, like, they bring in, like, Deloitte or whoever. Isn't that like, what all of them do, technically? I don't think so, do they? Really? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I watched the, the NFL forever. draft or, or NHL draft lottery, and it was just, like, the commissioner, and there's, like, the ping pong balls. <laughs> and I still don't believe it's real because I'm, like, first of all, it, it wasn't live. So they just showed us a video of it. I'm like, they, what do you? They could just do what this. What are you Yeah, like right. They could do it ten times until they get the until result they get they the want. right one. And then and they're like, well, there's a independent journalist who's watching over this. I'm like, well, you don't think this guy can be bought? Tell you what, if the if the NFL had a draft lottery, and they brought me in as the independent journalist, and they were like, hey, here's six figures. Yep. You say that it was real. I'm like, yeah, of course I'll do that. So. That's where I'm like, eh, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to see it unless it's a live broadcast of the lottery. And even then I'm still going to be, um, skeptical, Fair. but at least I can see what's happening right before my eyes. There's no sleight of hand going on and I can feel comfortable with it. What are you doing? What are you hiding? If it's not live, what do you think they're hiding? They're rigging the damn lottery. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how they back that. So that I completely agree with you there. Now, if they did this, let's say the NFL draft Twitter, literally the NFL's draft Twitter account convinces Roger Goodell and all of the owners to do this. Isn't the NHL set up where if you're like a one of the top three worst teams, you're guaranteed a top three pick or guaranteed a top four pick. You can't fall out of the fourth pick or something. Yeah, no, it's the lottery only. If and I could be wrong here, so sorry to our any hockey fans who listen, but I believe it's the lottery is only set up for the first three picks. Oh, and then the rest is just how <clears throat> the standings finish. Okay, so so sticking with that, would you want it like that or would you want it how the NBA has it? Where it's just any team that didn't make the playoffs, or do you know? Do you want to expand it, and any team that didn't win the Super Bowl gets thrown in here, and obviously your odds decrease. Well, yeah, the NHL also has a thing where as long as you don't make the conference finals, you can hold your spot. So um, mm. the Avs were slotted to pick 16th by the end of the season. Okay. And if they had beat the Sharks, right. they would have been dropped all the way to 28th or whatever right, it was. Right. But since they didn't make the okay. conference finals, they held their spot. Okay. Um, that makes sense to me, too. I just – I want no part of this. It's – it just – it's ugly. I don't know. And people already have such an issue with the NFL, and they want to believe that, you know, the Patriots get, a, get an unfair whistle. Mm-hmm. And they want to believe all this stuff. If you – I mean, just imagine. Let's say the Patriots are bad. And – Let's say it's real. It's a real lottery. And the Patriots somehow win the first lottery. Can you imagine the outrage? And it's for Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my God. <laughs> Make me sick. So you would want to cap it off at playoff teams? I don't want if a lottery. went down this route. <laughs> okay, but now let me throw this out there. What do we say is the worst place to be in the NFL in terms of, like, draft and record? Oh, this is going to be a good point. <laughs> Eight and eight. You don't want to be eight and eight. <laughs> exactly, because you get stuck picking at 18 in the draft or 17 or 16. Wouldn't this benefit those teams a little bit? Potentially, I guess, give them a chance? Yes. And then if and a team, it, if a team, let's say the Cardinals, it, the worst team this year, they fall to five and have to get some Nick Bosa bust at, at five. They don't get the quarterback they need. Aren't they probably going to be up there again next year. And then if you add those odds of getting number one pick this year and getting the number one pick next year, probably pretty high 
if you're the worst team each year, right? Like, it, it's bound to happen. They're bound to get that guy next year, right? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I like the idea of, not, like, there being a slight reward for being 8-8. Eight and eight. It's like, well, you didn't make the playoffs, but you're still in the lottery. Right. Because that at least gives teams something to play for. I mean, what week was it? It was probably like week seven last year where we started talking about the Broncos tanking. Yep. We're like, just tank. <laughs> yeah. Just, what are you doing? Why are you trying to win these games? Yep. At least in that case, we'd be saying like, well, you're still going to be in the lottery. We know they're not making the playoffs. And think of it this way. They're 6-10, and 10, picking at 10th this year, so they would have had the 10th best odds of getting the number one overall pick. Can you imagine the excitement? Yeah. Yep. Only I'm, problem is the Denver team has literally never benefited from one of these. That that's that's very true. The Broncos are different though. They when, are different. When when you look at how enticing it would be for the Broncos to get a top pick compared to the Nuggets or the Avs, no disrespect. Uh, to, maybe the Avs are a little different, but to the Nuggets specifically. And you know, don't let this year cloud your judgment in in that probably not as enticing for one of those teams to get it where the Broncos I do think there'd be a reason for Roger Goodell to pull a different ball (sighs) (laughs) there are there are benefits I just think I think the NFL in many ways and I'm not going to get into like social stuff but in many ways the NFL is perfect it's why it's the most watched it's why everyone tunes in every Sunday Monday Mm -hmm. Thursday Wednesday, Tuesday. Well, no, it doesn't matter when you put a game. Everyone's yeah. watching. It doesn't even matter who's playing. Yep. People are watching because the NFL's product is is just great. And everyone watches the draft. And no, and you, you don't need to build the extra intrigue. But I guess my final point on this will be the fact that they tweeted that <laughs> yep. makes me think <laughs> yeah. it's coming sooner than later. Mm, that's a really good point. And Ryan? If there's one thing the NFL can't pass up, it's money. And... That's a 15 million viewer event. That's exactly what I was going to say. Do you think more people would watch the draft or the draft lottery? Because remember, the draft is over three days, uh, and the first round probably gets a lot of viewers. The draft lottery, I mean, you make it a Everyone's team has a chance. Exactly. And you make it a one-hour special, people only have to tune in for one hour, but you put 17 commercial breaks in there and put five presenting sponsors on there, you are raking in the cash. And you do it a week before, you do it a month before, it doesn't matter when you do it. Oh, man, talk about the moolah they're going to make. I mean, they could go full Kentucky Derby on it. Yeah, Six hours of lead-up <laughs> for 10 minutes of action. <laughs> They, they could even have Von Miller being a fashion correspondent. They could make this an event. Oh, they got it red carpeted <laughs> out. They could do it. Well, no, that, they already get viewers on that. I was going to say they could pair it with NFL honors. But they could make it its own event. You put the GMs with the owners up there. Kind of like the NBA, but you make it even more dramatic. You have John Elway throwing his hat across the room. Oh, <laughs> Uh, it's happening. I can just feel it now. It's going to happen, but I, it works. It already works so well because the Cardinals are going to come up the, the line this year and they're going to beat that five and a half line they have <laughs> in Vegas. And, you know, Kyler Murray is going to be exciting and just, it just, it works the way it is right now. I like the way it is right now. I'm pulling up the and I'm trying I'm trying to pick no. out a team right now. And real quick, I just don't mm. care if the worst if the three worst teams in the league are trying to like outsuck at the end of the season. 
But Ryan, take your part out of your Arizona Cardinals. What would be better for the league? Kyler Murray on the Cardinals or Kyler Murray on the New York Giants? Yeah, it's obviously the Giants. Or for that matter, even the Oakland Raiders would be better for the league. Um, The Cardinals are like arguably one of the most uh, irrelevant franchises in the NFL. They're on there with Tampa Bay, Jacksonville. Yeah. Something about those warm city southern teams. People just have better things to do down there, I guess. A lot of golf to be played in Arizona. (laughs) A lot of golf. (laughs) All right, let's move on here uh, to a little more Broncos talk. And quickly, do you want to quickly touch on Chris Harris now or save that for the questions? Let's save it for the questions. Okay, so then let's talk a little bit here in the first segment about what we heard yesterday from Deshaun Hamilton. And this is becoming a tradition here. Who else talked? <laughs> Dakota Watson. Correct. Correct. Uh, my memory is eluding me. Dakota Watson was refreshing, man. He was. He was great. I mean, what a great person to have in your organization, especially for Tom McMahon. This is a guy. He admitted. He said, "Yeah, I've just. I'm a special teams player. You know, I'll play some defense, but." I've been I've made a lot of money in this league for 10 years now playing special teams and I'm going to tell these guys I'm going to lead these younger guys by telling them you can make a living playing special teams. And when I was listening to that quote later Ryan, I thought, "Boy, he has one of the best jobs on the team. I mean, you point to Casey Kreider as a long snapper. Uh, B- Brandon McManus is a kicker. There's a little pressure on a kicker, so maybe that's not the best job. But Dakota Watson if you can etch that role out for yourself, and Andy Janovich isn't like that anymore because I think he's going to have a pretty significant role on the offensive side of the ball. Dakota Watson may on defense as well, but he's going to make this team playing special teams. What is he? He's a blocker probably on punt return and, and kickoff or, or kick kick return, which, I mean, what happens on kickoff and kick return anyways nowadays? Not much. He probably runs and tries to get guys on punt and kickoff. I mean, what a what a job to have and get paid. Him. What's he? He's got to be making a, a million, right? If he's a At ten least, year vet, yeah, more than that probably. Man, what a life! So, and he ha- he brings the right attitude. He's a great guy to have here. Yeah, I mean, every question he hit on the head. Yeah. And you know a guy's real when it's not because he's been like a quarterback his whole life and he's been dealing with this <laughs> right. stuff. Like, he's just being real with us. Yeah. And I asked him, last time you were here, and, and this is significant, you know what the depth chart looked like last time he was here? Mm. Vaughn Miller, DeMarcus Ware, Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett. Three first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Shaq Barrett, who had earned his, you know, earned his keep by that time. And then Dakota Watson. He was the fifth outside linebacker on this team. Very well could have not made the team. Very well. I mean, he he made the team because he had four sacks in the preseason. He was a beast. And he was balling out on special teams. And, yeah. you know, whoever it was at the time, Joe DiCamillis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, loved him. <laughs> now he's here. He could very well be the third outside linebacker on this team. In mm-hmm. fact, would you say that he's the favorite? Yes. He's the favorite to be the third outside linebacker on the team. I asked him that. I said, last time you were here, you were buried on the depth chart. Is it exciting to you knowing that you actually have a chance this time to get some snaps on defense? And I 100% believed him. But he's essentially like, I, I don't care. Um, I, I obviously want to play on defense. But if I my role is only special teams, I'm okay with that too. And I'll cherish the relationships I built with Shane Shaq and DeMarcus 
for the rest of my life. And that's more important to me than a little bit of playing time here and there. And like, I 100% believed every word. I did too. And what a great mentor to have. And Ryan, he likes Game of Thrones. Yeah, you got that's me. About, that's you, about got me. <laughs> you know what he also likes is Colorado. Mm, I have to read this because I thought like it was Colorado. awesome. He was so he was just talking about like how excited he was when he found out he was going to get a chance to come back to Denver. He's like, when you get traded, you have no idea where you're going. You could be going to Cleveland of all places, <laughs> or you could be going to Denver. And he's like, I was so excited to find out I was going back to a place I loved, uh, with with players who are you know I have, there are players here who I'm friends with. I love the organization. But someone said, what, like, why were you so excited about coming to Denver? He said, everything. I'm a country boy. Just being able to see the mountains. You all complain about the snow, but I love it. I don't care about it. Just being able to fish, to be able to do a little bit of hunting. The air smell good, smells good. The air tastes good. <laughs> everything. The people are very nice, and the fan base is awesome. Did he mention water? He didn't. I thought maybe that's what he meant. But you know what? If you don't think the air in Colorado tastes good, <laughs> you've never been here. So Colorado has the best tasting air, too. We're putting that out there. I mean... Have you ever been to a place where you feel like you're like yeah. you're like breathing in something that tastes bad? I love New York City and Manhattan, but every time you see a trash can, which is anywhere you look, you're eating that smell. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like when you go into like a, a place that serves so much fried food mm. and you're like, I feel like I'm gaining weight just breathing <laughs> the air in here. Uh, that's how you, you're like, I feel like I'm dying just breathing here. In I Colorado... Like, you walk outside, especially right now, like yep. a crisp day. Mm. You walk outside and, and you just feel like you're, you're like getting healthier with yep. every breath. I could eat this all day, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, Dakota was refreshing, and you ended up writing a story on this. Deshaun Hamilton had some interesting comments about the Broncos' offense. He did, and Ryan, I talked to you after we we talked to Deshaun. And just wanted to make sure that we, I was on the same page as you. And the thought process this entire offseason has been that the Broncos are catering their offense to go against the grain. John Oway went against the grain hiring Vic Fangio, a defense, an old defensive guy, instead of a young, hot, up-and-coming offensive guy. Well, it seemed like they were doing the same on the offensive side of the ball, going with Rich Scangarello, but really going with a run-first, under-center, slow-it-down type of offense. Deshaun said, no, that's not the case at all. He said, this is what the offense is about. He said, guys getting the ball in space, running between the tackles, setting up play action. Then, when you set up the play action with a good run game, guys are going to be open way farther down the field. So Joe Flacco. <laughs> way further down the field. <laughs> We're not talking 10 yards like last year, guys. No. Uh, and, and he went on and he said something. I don't know why, but it resonated with me. He said, this offense is about getting premier guys open. Mm. And maybe they're just bad. They were just bad at it. But like, when is the last time you saw Emmanuel Sanders get the ball without people around him? No. It's always like contested. He's like sliding. He's diving. He's, yeah. you know, catching it on the sidelines. I feel like I haven't seen Emmanuel Sanders get the ball in open space in the last three years once. And I'm sure that's not right. I mean, he obviously he had that long catch against the Cardinals. 
which I guess, I mean, there's really no one around him. It was a busted right. coverage. But I just, I feel like I don't see guys, I never saw guys getting the ball in space. How much would you love to see an open Emmanuel Sanders get the ball seven yards downfield where he can, he has room to juke guys and, and move and hit full speed? You're right. It's something we haven't seen. Based off watching this offense the last three years, you would think that's not a possible thing to achieve. Like, honestly, yeah. you would think like, well, I don't know why, but it's just impossible to get Emmanuel Sanders in open space. What about Philip Lindsay? Mm. Like, the only time you really saw Phil get in open space last year was 15, 10 to 15 yards down the field, right? He made it through the fire and flames and came out on the other side and he was off to the races. Mm-hmm. At CU, man half of the offense was just get the ball to fill in open space. Like yep. they, if it was a pass play, you had Phil running out to the flat. And if there was only one guy out there, you throw it to him no matter what. Like that was the offense. Yeah. That'll be part of this is okay. Clear it out with the routes. You know, you're taking four or five routes beyond 15 yards. And now you've got Phil on a linebacker in the flat. Just toss it over there. He's got to be one person. And now he's in the open space. So much of this offense is, what I always say college offense is about. College offense is, is very different than the NFL. In the end, it just comes down to can you get easy yards. Like in college, you're just trying to get seven yards easily. Yep. And if you can do that consistently, you're going to score a ton of points. That's why college has more points scored because it is easier to get guys open. And, and if you watch like what CU did to CSU last year in the first game of the season, of course, it was, it was just easy. Like, their whole game plan was take LaVisca was Chenault, line him up on the left side of the of the line, snap the ball, he runs across the line, now you've got a linebacker on him, and no matter what, even if they could tackle him, which they couldn't, he was going to get seven yards because he's just faster than them. That was the whole, that was the game plan. They just kept doing it over and over again. He scored like two touchdowns off of it. It's a weird concept, getting your best players the ball in a good position for them to succeed, isn't it? Very odd. Uh, but but seriously, if you've watched the Broncos' offense the past few years, you would think that that is is a phenomenal idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having like PTSD. Just <laughs> like plays are just running through my head. Yeah. Of just everything they do. You ever watch a basketball game where the the team that is losing is like constantly down by seven. Yeah. Like it just seems like they started the game down seven, <laughs> and if yeah. they've played in a perfectly equal game the entire way. Yeah. But one thing you always notice about the team that's down seven is it feels like everything they're doing is using so much energy. (laughs) Whereas the other team like passes it around and they're like, no look passes, wide open corner three. They got it. And then the next time down, the the team that's down is like struggling and they like fumble the ball around (laughs) a little bit and they get it out of the post. And then it looks like they're going to score, but then it gets like tipped out and it lands in some guy's (laughs) hands and he makes it three. And they're still down seven. But yep. it was like, wow, that took 10 times as much energy as that. Yep. That's what every Broncos game has felt like for the last three years. <laughs> it's exactly right. Like, they're close. Most of them are close. Mm-hmm. But it feels like every yard takes a village. That's why the Vance Joseph defense got so much blame last year. And then you and I would take a step back at the end of the game and say, it was ugly. They looked terrible. They only gave up 17 points to, like, you know, a really good offense. That's what it's been like yeah. in the post-Payton era. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, Broncos got killed by the Patriots. And you're like, oh, it was, it was 19-3. to three. <laughs> You're like, the defense kept Tom Brady under 300 yards passing. Yep. 
and they scored 19 points, and they yeah. had to kick four field goals. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like they just got smoked. So are we past those days? <sighs> we can only hope. <laughs> I don't know how much more my body can take that. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can watch that. If there's a lottery in place, maybe it's maybe the Broncos got Kyler. The Broncos could have had Kyler. (laughs) Actually, we know that's the one team that couldn't have had Kyler. What would have happened if the Broncos had the number one pick? Would they have have taken Nick Bosa? Drew Locke? Drew Locke, number one. (laughs) I mean, honestly, what do you think would have happened? (sighs) Quinnen? That would have been awesome. Yeah. You pair him up with Chubb and Vaughn? You know what I need? I need a an audio clip of Quinn and Williams saying Halle Berry. <laughs> it's kind of like Kyler Murray. But How do you be, think he says it? Halle Berry. <laughs> and that just sounds great to me. I want that. I want that sound clip in my life. Oh, man. He is such a Can I just ask character. him, like, I want to go to a press conference and be like, Quinn, uh, do you know who starred in Batwoman? <laughs> He'd probably know. I feel like he would know. And then I get that. The Broncos don't play the Jets this year, do they? Probably not. No. No. Next time they do, though. Oh, that Jets game last year. That's a good example. Well, that was kind of a blowout. Uh, but even then, you're like, why is everything so hard? Yeah. Miserably difficult. So difficult. All right. That is a good first segment. Let's uh, let's move on here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Weinster. If you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult... Or if you just really like wine, you have to check out our friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster so special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers. Meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine. Not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you got to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from some of the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple of them, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. And of course, I love my people over at Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. Sign up today with the code BSN25, that's BSN25, and you'll get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T. Y R, you guys got to check it out it's awesome the people over there are great it's the bsn of wine clubs and if you love us you gotta love them how can you not like wine how can you not like bsn how can you not like the bsn of wines bsn of wines that should be that's that's a that should be their uh slogan (laughs) (laughs) people all these like bougie wine people in chicago are like what the hell (laughs) i like it though All right, as we move on here, let's hop into the questions from yesterday's podcast. As you all know, and if you don't know, each day we accept questions from the subscribers to bsndenver.com who leave them on the the last day's podcast. I constantly get questions about this. When you subscribe, just go into the most recent podcast that was posted on the website, comment there, and that's where we get your questions. Um, And so, shall we? First one coming in from the greatest show on dirt. Of course, just recently learned how to comment. Uh, first time commenter yesterday. He says, thanks for reading the comment. <laughs> Makes it sound like riding a bike. <laughs> just recently learned how. 
<laughs> or at least practiced it. He says, thanks for reading the comment from yesterday's pod. The backstory on the username is related to my hometown of Knoxville. They have a world-famous dirt race track, which hosts a sprint car racing series called the World of Outlaws. And the series is pretty regularly called the greatest show on dirt. I do enjoy motocross and horses, though. So I'm impressed by the quick, on-the-spot on the spot detective work from you two. You guys have profiled me pretty well. I'm also going to guess he's a Broncos fan. I think so, too. It <laughs> um, sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. When we go on the world tour, we got to go to the greatest show on dirt. S- dirt race track. It's a car. It's like cars. Sprint car racing series. Yeah. You remember the level in Mario Kart where you're on the dirt and you have to like go over that jump? Yeah. It's yeah. just like that. In one of those <laughs> in one of those cars? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he also says, you guys rule. Yes, this is part of the actual comment, and Zach isn't making it up. For anyone who's tuning in on Periscope, they're probably just now realizing that you got to tune in every day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or else you're going to miss some inside jokes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, the next one here comes in from Kale Sorbo. He says, have to get in on all this Iowa talk. Another thing that someone that's listening for the first time is like, what are they talking about? Aren't these the Denver Broncos? He says, I'm bummed about this new revelation. And the revelation, of course, is that there are many people from Iowa that listen to this podcast. He says, I just graduated from Drake on Sunday. Former, um, I guess I can't call it an alma mater. What do you call something that someone went to and left? A freshman year. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, Zach went to Drake once. I did. Uh, and he says, I just moved back to Denver yesterday. You should not wow. be bummed about this. No, no, uh, this is good news. <laughs> he says, it would have been awesome to see some BSN people and watch the games with them over the past few years. You'll probably be with more Broncos fans now. He goes on and talks about some more stuff that people would, that are listening <laughs> and have no clue. He says, hot take for Des Moines, peep. Zombie Burger and Fong's Pizza are kind of trash. Fong's is only good for novelty pizza like Crab Rangoon, but only real pizza. But any real pizza like pepperoni there is not great. Hmm. So that is a hot Des Moines take. A cra- Now, I know you would try the Crab Rangoon pizza in the middle of Des Moines. I already have. And oh. It's good. Oh. What is it? Is it just Crab Rangoon's on top of pizza? Yep. Or do they totally change the pizza? No, it's just... I don't remember what the sauce was. I think it was a creamy sauce. It makes it sense. It wasn't a marinara, if oh, I recall. Cream cheese sauce. Oh, so Anyways, he says, actual Broncos question. PFF recently sparked a Twitter debate. They basically found that strong pass coverage leads to more wins than strong pass rush. Mm. With that in mind, is this why the Broncos keep using draft picks on the secondary players and heavily investing there in free agency? And if that's the case, can they really afford to let Chris Harris Jr. walk out the door? It's been a while, so oh yeah, I already got that part right. <laughs> uh, th- that, that's, that's interesting. And you know what? John Elway doesn't want to find out. John Elway doesn't want to find out which one it is. He's just going to say, I'll invest in both. Obviously, his first pick. Von Miller. Then what's he do the next time he has a top five pick? Bradley Chubb. He spends tons of money on Aqib Tlaib, tons of money on Chris Harris Jr. As you wisely pointed out beginning of this week or last week, when Chris signed that deal, although it's viewed as a hometown cheap discount deal now, he was the highest number two paid cornerback in the whole league. So John was spending money there. Uh, Bradley Roby, he spent money on last year with the fifth-year option. He spent money— Far too much. Exactly. He spent money uh, with T.J. Ward, with Darian Stewart. So he spent tons of money on both of those. He, this year, what's he, what's he done? He spent money on Kareem Jackson, on Bryce Callahan, potentially giving Chris a pay raise. We'll dive into that in just a second. But 
I don't know if we're going to have to find out in the John Elway era which one it is. I think John's just going to continue to invest in both of these. You know why, why quarterback is so important? Why? Because it's the only position on the field that's not dependent. Now, you could make the argument that it's dependent on the offensive line, which I'll buy into. But when it comes down to it, a great quarterback can win on, its, on his own yep. for the most part. Yep. No other position can say that. Because you can say that pass coverage is more valuable than pass rush. The thing is, those two things have to work hand in hand or both of them are worthless. If you have the greatest group of corners in the world and you've got me and Zach as your edge rushers. Speak to yourself there, buddy. Those corners <laughs> are going to get beat. Yeah. Because they can't cover forever. Yeah. And Zach and I are just getting knocked around like a couple of rag dolls in the, in the trenches. Every time we try and stand up, they just push us down again. And your corners are toast. The other way around, you can have the best pass rush in the world. But if there's, you know, Bradley Roby back there getting cooked by God knows who on the Jets, then Robbie Anderson, is that his name? Sounds good. Then it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Because by the time Vaughn Miller is getting by whatever, you know, garbage lineman they have, Sam Darnold's already thrown it 60 yards in the air, and Robbie Anderson is running under it, <laughs> going, you know, hog wild out there. So – those I can't you can't pick one of those they're dependent on each other they're the same position in my opinion your pass your pass rush is only as good as your pass coverage your pass coverage is only as good as your pass rush gotta have one you gotta have both I'm saying if you could only have one one gotta go one gotta go pass rush or pass coverage (laughs) um I would rather have the coverage because of this you're obviously not going to have you or me rushing the passer. <laughs> but if you have a below average pass rush, but the coverage is good, they're going to at least have a chance. If you have terrible corners who have to give a 10-yard cushion, Von Miller has no chance of getting anything done all day. And we've, we honestly saw that a lot last year. Now, the, you know, especially once the secondary started breaking down. Remember when who was the guy who I can't even remember his name. They had to bring in some corner at the end of the season who who signed with another team now blows my mind. Good for him. He was a veteran. Yeah. Um, it's not Pac-Man Jones. Some other guy. No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Like they had to bring him in and they're playing way off the line and whatever quarterback they're going up against is just like, okay, well we'll just throw slants and comebacks and quick outs all day. Von Miller's there. Like I can't even, get into my first move before the ball's out of their hand. Give me Von get give me the pass rusher. I think they can impact the play more just by themselves. So give me the dominant dominant pass rusher, but like you said they work together. Yeah, in the end you you have to constantly be helping them. It's the same thing for the quarterback, but it's like wide receiver. You know, like you can have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, but if you have Trevor Simeon throwing to them, They're not worth what you're paying them. Exactly. Now, Ryan, let's break up uh, this conversation with a little food talk. Rob chiming in about the Iowa. He says, when I moved to Iowa, I asked some locals for a good place to get ramen. They they got really confused (laughs) and thought ramen was legitimately those 30-cent pack of top ramen you buy at the store. I miss having real food. I read this last night, 
and I laughed out loud. <laughs> That's hilarious. It took it took me forever for my mind to change. I guarantee there is a there is a place in Des Moines where you can get ramen. It has to be. It's there, like it's a real city. There has to be. There has to be. He says, I will say that the meat in Iowa is really good and the barbecue tends to be good because of the quality of the meat. I miss spicy food, though. Maybe someday I'll move back to civilization. Spicy food there? <laughs> Spices are not allowed in those borders. It's funny that he brings up the meat. Um, I don't even know if I've ever revealed this. My stepdad is from Iowa. Oh. And he is obsessed with Iowa beef. And... There was a time, I think he's moved past this. There was a time where he legitimately wouldn't eat beef if it wasn't from Iowa. Is it easy to find Iowa beef in Colorado? Uh, I believe, and maybe this has changed, but at the time, Costco carried Iowa okay. beef. Okay. And so that's where all the beef came from in my household. So you've had a decent amount of Iowa beef? A lot. Do you? Could I put two burgers or two steaks, fillets, you name it? In front of you, <laughs> one from Iowa, one not? Under absolutely no circumstances. <laughs> Do you think he could? Probably. Uh, impressive. Uh, I think uh, he would want to say he could. <laughs> he would He would guess well. He would just, yeah. I mean, he might end up getting it wrong. But if you asked him that same question, he would say he could. Right, right. <laughs> well, Ryan, let's touch on Chris Harris right now. Okay. And uh, some news coming out. I guess not, not really news, just a tiny bit more detail coming out this morning from Mike Kliss. He says... John Elway and Chris's agent have talked and had multiple discussions in recent days. Both sides have moved. Talks are focused on adjustments to Harris's 2019 payout. Progress, but still no agreement. So, Ryan, the, the tweak here and the little more information is that we are just focusing on 2019 now. And we talked about this when it was called a short-term deal but really, if the talks are just about 2019, I know I already know how you feel, but what? This is silly. Yeah. I'll just say this right now. I'm going to head down to Broncos court, uh, headquarters and ask for some money. <laughs> Apparently, that's all you got to do. <laughs> Why? I just don't. There was the commenter yesterday who had the idea about doing it in good faith so that next year you can come back and say, like, hey, we gave you a raise for nothing last year. Like, stay with us. The market already says you're not getting 15, so come back here. We'll give you 11. That's the only thing I can come up with. And you and I are pretty dead set on the fact that someone out there is going to, quote, unquote, overpay Chris, even though he's going to be 31 years old, because they want a lockdown corner and they need a lockdown corner. Otherwise... Why are we why are you giving Chris money that you don't have to? It makes it makes no sense and I feel like I'm being fooled. I feel like John Elway is not having these conversations and I, I'm not doubting Mike's sources at all. I know he has great sources. I just I can't wrap my mind around this. It doesn't make sense. This is the opposite of what John would do. John, I feel would sit back and say, "All right, well, yeah, that's not going to happen, Chris. You're going to play here next year. And, Ryan, we brought out the idea of the Broncos could even franchise tag him next year. And we, we thought the number would be, what, $14 million because... And it's higher than that. And, yeah, and I saw that it's, what, $16 million, I believe is what it's projected to be. If it's $16 million, you're paying him $8 million this year. For two years, you're paying him $24 million. It's $12 million a year. Why would you go out and pay him... 
15 million of that this year just to lose him. No, I'm saying if you want 15 million from us, you're going to get it over the next two years and it'll come at the price of 24 million. And that's $12 million. If they sign Chris to two years, 12 million or $24 million total, 12 a year, we'd be like, okay, it's not the worst thing. Uh, we both thought it'd be 11 and a half. So half a million dollars more. That's okay. Do you have any idea why the cornerback tag is so high? I thought Xavier Howard just became the highest paid corner at like 15.75. And that's why the 16 number didn't fully make sense to me. But I was going out on that limb, on the limb of it being 16, it being so much higher. It doesn't make sense because isn't the franchise tag the five highest paid guys of that position, the average of that? Yes, it's very simple. So that this is saying that they're, that the, the median or the average is 16. That means there's multiple corners getting paid at 18. It doesn't it doesn't make unless it's not a per it's an, it's it's not based on the average of your contract if it's based on like the cash flow that year. Like you think maybe Josh Norman's contract was backloaded so he's getting paid like 19 this year? Potentially. God, and, that would be terrible. Oh, it would be awful. And if it's that then that 16 makes sense. But let's say let's say that number was wrong and let's say it is the 14, then it's 22 million dollars for the next 2 years. Because you add on his eight from this year, then you're paying him eleven million. Why would you go above that? Why would you do that to yourself? The only word that applies here is why. Yeah. Why? 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 Yeah. And we've said it a million times. We'll say it again. I'm not against Chris getting money. No. In any sense, and and none of this money belongs to me. Although <laughs> it might soon when I go down there and say, "Hey, can I <laughs> wait? Can I have a couple of million? Is that are we just handing it out here?" But. It just it doesn't add up at all. No. None of it makes sense. I'm I'm utterly confused by the entire scenario. And the only thing I can come up with is that the Broncos are being actually held hostage by Chris not being there. Like they think this is a really big deal. And obviously they're not trying to convey that publicly, but the only thing I can think of is that is they're like we got to get Chris here sooner or later because we're tired of having the Boz out there as our starting corner. Being and, lazy. And he, <laughs> he's hating on the Boz. And we need Chris to come learn the system. Like, maybe Fangio is saying, like, dude, Chris cannot learn the system in three weeks. And that w- that's what it would have to boil down to, is Vic saying this is too complicated of a system for a smart guy to learn just in training camp, which I don't think – that would be the case. I don't think it would be the case because, Ryan, I don't think that Chris would miss this year. I don't think he would sit out if he didn't have a contract. I think he would play for that $8 million. And so if he's going to play for the $8 million and you're going to let him walk this year and pay him $8 million this year, or you're going to let him be a little bit happier and get him back, what, with – right now, you only get him back for two weeks left of this offseason program if you sign him right now. He's back on Monday, and then you only have two weeks left. So you're paying him $7 million more for two more weeks of work and maybe a few weeks of training camp. Maybe he doesn't show up to, to the first part of training camp. So you pay him for a few weeks of training camp, and for him to be a little, little happier, he wants a long-term deal. I'm sure $15 million would make him happy right now, but that's not his end game is $15 million for the rest of his career. So he's still going to be mad, and he's still going to leave after this year. It doesn't make sense. And you're in like a similar scenario to you were with to the way you were with Shane Ray. Now, 
Chris probably isn't going to have a bad attitude about this, but you're still in that scenario. You're still in that I'm going to break up with you yep. next year thing <laughs> yeah. where you're still in a relationship, but you're just waiting for the lease to expire. Yep. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. And I get it if it's like two million, two to three million. That should be all they're willing to give up. And even right. then, it's it's almost unprecedented. Yep. You're just handing money over for, for a service that you already have. It was completely unprecedented for John Elway to just give incentives to Chris last year. He had never done that before. Of course it'd be unprecedented. It'd be completely out of nowhere for him to actually just straight up give cash to him. You ever been like at Chipotle and they're like, uh, that's going to be eight seventy five, And you're like, you know what? Just take 15. Just keep the change. Like no one does that. You already... You already got the burrito for that great price. They agreed. They agreed to that deal, right? Didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> it was on it the was, menu. They, po- they posted <laughs> it on the menu. They're like, "This is eight seventy-five. <laughs> and even if you got to the cash register, and they were like, "Come on, <laughs> give us fifteen for this burrito," you would say no. You'd be like, "What do you mean? You already said it's eight seventy-five. I'm not giving you fifteen for that." And they would say, "Okay, fine." And they're like, "What if we throw in some guac?" <laughs> And you're like, There's still, that's still not a good deal for me. What would be Chris's guac? <laughs> that's, his, that's his good attitude. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Comes a little earlier. They're like, we'll make it a little faster. <laughs> it's like, no. You're like, it's already pretty fast. I feel like I'm being duped by all of these, especially because it would make sense if this information was coming out from one side, and then the next day we heard a, a counter side, you know, John coming back and saying, ha, yeah, yeah, right on that. We haven't heard that. And maybe John doesn't want to uh, offend Chris, which, again, wouldn't necessarily be a John Elway move. I mean, John Isn't was... Is offensive that he doesn't want to sign him to a long-term deal? Yeah. What does that mean? Unless, I guess, unless the sides are coming to agreement, this is like a prove-it deal. Can you imagine having mm. a, a four-time <laughs> pro bowler on a prove-it deal? Oh, wow. And then, it, and then if it is that, he's not going to take a discount next year. Because he's going to hit the open market, and he's going to go and get every penny, and that's when he can go and get potentially $15 million. I'm lost. I am, too. The, the, and it still goes on that there's still progress to be made. Not close. Probably not happening soon. I don't... Um, I'd be blown away. I'd still be shocked if this happened, because it doesn't make sense. I feel like it's going to happen and we're just going to be sitting here like this is that's weird. <laughs> they said, you know, Mike said that both sides have already moved. So at least, you know, they've, they've probably come down from 15. Right. I I guess the Broncos, maybe their initial offer was two million extra. Right. So if they came to maybe maybe they're sitting at like 12 and 14 right now. Right. Are they really going to come together on Chris just being handed five million dollars? <sighs> that's why. Maybe the Broncos offer was we'll give him a pay raise this year. We'll give him a million dollars extra. We'll make it nine million. And Chris said, Okay, you know what? We'll take fourteen and a half million. And you progress. That's progress right there. You, you know, maybe that's where it is. And so it that's progress. They're both moving together and there's still a ways to go. I'm meeting with Brandon Spano later today. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask for a million dollars. Let me know how that goes. All right. And if so, I'm going to ask you for half a million dollars. 
We can split it. <laughs> that was easy negotiating. It was. Maybe. I don't think John's that easy, is okay. he? Okay. Uh, well, if Chris only wanted a million, maybe it was. <laughs> hey, it's only a million, right? When I was a senior in high school, I had a very low C in a class. <laughs> and my teacher, who was pretty chill, just said like, all right, I'm going to, if you want, you can schedule a meeting with me to talk about your grade. I'm like, all right, I'll take my shot here. <laughs> so I go into the meeting and I'm just like, <clears throat> um, I feel like I've participated in all class discussions. I show up every day, which I did. I was not a skipper. Um, I've, I've done the readings. I, that was a lie. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I really feel like I've taken away just as much as anyone else from this class. I've, and I realized that I, you know, struggled on a couple of the tests because obviously I didn't study for them. <laughs> but I think in the end, when you compare the what I'm taking away from this class with whoever the highest person, highest grade in the class, I think it's very comparable. That's and so beautiful. I think that I deserve an A. <laughs> an A? Yeah, from C minus. And the teacher was like, I'll give you a B plus. <laughs> there you go and i wow. walked out and felt great went wow. home and it was all it was all sunshine and rainbow so that's that's what i feel like this is right i did nothing to earn that <laughs> like i had very clearly earned a c minus in the class yep and i just asked for more and got it i just don't see john being that easy as that teacher yeah I'm not going to call him out publicly. I don't want to get in trouble. I'd say that's a great teacher. But he was awesome. <laughs> great teacher. Very, if you're in high school, you should try this. You should try that. Uh, did you try multiple times? Um, uh, Yeah, I did. You know what? Same results? This is how I got through high school. Not as easy as that. <laughs> but I would go into the teacher and make like a deal with them. <laughs> so I'd be like, I know I've done one out of the 34 homeworks <laughs> but what if i go through each homework assignment and do two questions on each one bring it into you and you see that the, that i did the work and, and it's all right um then you give me half credit on all of those homeworks <laughs> and then if i get a c or if i get a b or an a on the final then you give me a passing grade in the class <laughs> And the teachers would take the deal. <laughs> so what? You ended up having one week of work? Yep. You know, one one terrible week where you grind through everything? Yep. That's working smarter. Here's here's the little advice for those of you in high school. The teachers do not want to fail you, especially mm. if you're nice. Right. Now, if if you're, you know, a bag to them, the whole you're in trouble. Yeah. But if you're if you're nice, if you do participate in the class discussions, <laughs> they don't want to fail you. That sucks for them. Yep. So, they're willing to make a deal. Life advice. There you go. Life advice for the five people in high school who listen to this <laughs> podcast. All right. We got to take a quick break, but when we come back on the other side, we will get to the rest of your questions. Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you. 
um, ask you how your family is doing, you know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. On the BSN Broncos podcast, and we are getting to the rest of your questions, finishing things off here. Uh, and this one comes in from Rod, Rob, Rob. He says, Hidden Gem in Denver, and we talked about these yesterday. Two Penguins Tap and Grill off Arapahoe. Great local beer selection in an outdoor area with live music. Does this sound like an ad? It does sound like an ad. <laughs> I I'm, think Rob I'm, owns two Penguins. I'm going to add to that ad. Well, that's by Dove Valley, too. I'm going to a wedding there. One week after the Broncos end their off-season program. So I'll come and report. They're going to have to call it three penguins when the, <laughs> uh, when the groom shows up with his suit on. I like that. <laughs> you shouldn't. Uh, he says, on to the Broncos. Now I've got something to bring to the wedding, so there thank you. you. Go. Yeah, you can use that one. I just gave you. That's going to be a hit. Everyone gets a little, you know, has like three or four drinks. Yep. They're, lo- they're looking for a joke like that. <laughs> yep. He says... On to the Broncos. Why does Von Miller take it easy in practice? I've heard he blows up plays in practice, but isn't that an opportunity for the offensive line to adjust and get better? They may not face off against Vaughn in a game, but they'll see other game-breaking pass rushers like Khalil Mack this season. Chris Harris and DT both got better playing against each other every day. Why doesn't the same logic apply to Vaughn in the offensive line? You know what? That's going to be a good question for Vic that you or I will ask next time uh, we talk to him is, does he tell Vaughn to take some plays off or go 65%? Because in the past, coaches have admitted that, you know, Vaughn ruined. I think what Vance said that, that Vaughn ruins practices if he goes all out every time. So that that's the reason why some coach have, coaches have had that mindset for him is, can Garrett Bowles get better if he's burned off the line every single time and never, ever has a chance to set his feet? Probably not. That's probably going to be tough. Now, if he gets those chances and he gets hundreds of chances to set his feet and then he sees Von Miller and then he gets that extra step and, and then then it is good to go against something like that. Play the metaphor music. It's not it's <laughs> not a it's not a relationship <laughs> metaphor, but if you walk into the gym today and try to bench press and you and you haven't been and you try to bench press three hundred pounds, all you're gonna do is end up with a with a bar going through your ribs. Yep. If you go in today and you start trying to bench 85 pounds and then you go tomorrow and maybe you go for 90 and you slowly work your way up you will eventually get to that 300 Mm. but von miller going up against these guys is like them trying to bench press 300 pounds and maybe it's not a good analogy for huge nfl offensive linemen (laughs) because they could probably bench press 300 pounds maybe i need to go for like 600 but the point is one they need time to be able to figure it out but two, and this is probably the most important thing, practice is not about the offensive line getting better. It's about the whole team getting better. And will Juwan James benefit from going from Von Miller trying to beat him every time? Probably. But everyone else suffers because Joe Flacco doesn't get the ball out and uh, the corners don't get to see if they actually had good position on the receiver and the, the receivers don't get to know if they ran their route. It's just the play's over in like three seconds and then and they just set it and and reset so if this is a one-on-one drill Vaughn is doing them no favors by going soft but he if he goes hard all day every day Juwan James probably gets better and no one else does exactly so you're telling me though Ryan that I could bench 300 pounds one day 
<laughs> You're gonna need a lot of protein. <laughs> I like protein. Maybe some Iowa beef. You're gonna need a lot of Iowa beef. I'm gonna need you to put down like 3,500 calories a day. <sighs> That's gonna be tough. <laughs> I'm going to need you to eat your weight every day. Oh, man. <laughs> Next one coming in from Vertical Socks. He says, how long do you think the Broncos will keep up the farce that Hogan is the number two quarterback? Ugh. Do you think they'll keep it this way all the way through OTAs and minicamp and then make the switch to Locke early in training camp? I can understand that they want to make Locke earn his spot in the pecking order, but it seems like such a waste of time to keep giving second team reps to a guy who no one believes is going to be on the team in the fall. Did you write this comment, Ryan? Yeah, I was going to say, you think it's a waste of, <laughs> of your time. It's a waste of our time. We're the ones that have to watch it. Yep. Um, I'm actually very concerned that they're going to keep this facade up mm. for a long time. Like, all the way through the Hall of Fame game. I think Co- Kevin Hogan might start the Hall of Fame game. Stop. Stop. No. But, Ryan, this is something where both both practices we've seen. One of the first things we've said to each other is, "Come uh, on, really? are you kidding me? <laughs> Why do we have to do this?" Now, Drew did get in there for some number twos this past practice. Drew's twos. Drew's twos is Ryan called it. I love it. Blue's clues. Yep, you don't you go. get the reference. Um, that better keep happening. That trend better keep happening. Just stop. What? It's one thing if, I don't know, it was Trevor Simeon or something. Like an established guy who has shown himself to be a reliable backup quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Like, why is Kevin Hogan even here? The only reason he's here is because the Broncos didn't know how the draft was going to fall. If they're good, the reason Kevin Hogan's here is because he was given, what, a $200,000, $300,000 signing bonus, something like that? I think it was like 180 $180,000. If that is too much to cut him then what are you doing giving chris seven million dollars <laughs> extra <laughs> uh is someone gonna have to get cut for chris to get that that money i mean we know this fat salary cap is a farce but yeah someone may have to may have to move around a bit they i'll look into that like could you imagine if they just cut Derek wolf because they just had to give chris harris jr a bunch of money for no reason yeah now, they have $10 million of cap space right now, but I don't know if that includes the contracts that have already been signed from the rookies and the ones that haven't been signed. I'm, I'm not sure if they it's include that just two contracts, right? That have been signed, correct. How weird yeah. is it that these guys are practicing without a contract? Yeah, and they signed an insurance policy for rookie minicamp. Didn't say extended to this part. I'm sure they just signed another one, and that just hasn't been reported. But I just find it so odd. They're out there w- without a contract, and I, and I realize it's it's a foregone conclusion that they'll get one, but technically, if one of them got injured, could the Broncos not sign them? There's no contract. That's so weird. It's very weird. And what's extra weird about it, I think there's really only wiggle room in contracts for third-round picks. There's some weird thing where they have wiggle room. So Draymond Jones makes sense why he he's not signed. I have no idea why the first three aren't signed. Anyways, um, moving. I, I think it could go all the way to the Hall of Fame game. Oh, the Kevin Hogan. Yep. Oh. Hogan mania. <laughs> Until Drew lights it up and takes it away. Yeah, I think Drew then like plays really well in that game, and it's that's that. Yep. That's such a such a waste of our time. 
We'll move on then. Next one from Minnesota Polly says, My bad, guys. I should have included a pronunciation guide when he threw out the flaga in terms of the Drew Locke, Joe Flacco uh, saga debate. Yes, he says, I meant flaga, pronounced like saga. You take saga <laughs> and replace the essay with flow, but fla. Flow, fla, is short for Flacco and Locke. You know what? Now that I typed out this explanation, I realize it was a stretch. Flacco Chronicles it is. All right. I'm glad we, I'm glad we have everyone on board. Minnesota Paul is the last one we needed to move on to our side of the aisle. It's Flacco Chronicles forever. Love it. It's beautiful. Next one here is from Drop Switch. He says, I'm so happy for Champ. He's always been a favorite Bronco, uh, my favorite Bronco of all time. I still have my old white 24 jersey. It was the first Broncos jersey I ever owned. People should tell us what their first Broncos jersey is. That, mm, that's a good uh, like that. one for people to just chime in at the end of their comment. Yep. He says, what was the first Broncos and NFL jersey you ever owned? Mm. Uh, you want to answer that? I'm not a jersey guy. You have no jerseys? No jerseys. Zero. Bro, when I was in <laughs> first through third grade, I kid you not, I wore a jersey to school every day. Wow. Wow. Only clothes I ever asked for were jerseys. <laughs> and looking back, that was like kind of messed up. But at I least pretty baller. the youth jerseys were like kind of cheap. Mm. I'm just saying for like my parents. Right. Like, like <laughs> you can't be doing that with hockey sweaters. No. But at least like a youth not sewn on, you know, they're the ones that were yep. kind of like ironed yep. on. Yep. Um, the first one I had, though, is actually a really good question because I don't know if I can answer that with certainty. But if I had to guess, I think it was Elway um, with TD right behind him. I also had a Rod Smith. Um, I somehow ended up with a Brian Greasy. Um, <laughs> you jumped on that right away. I think that's all the Broncos jersey I, jerseys I ever had. I also had a Nick Van Axel. Do you remember him? Of course. Rafe LaFrentz. Wow. Uh, Antonio McDice. Of course. Love it. I had a custom mm. Nuggets jersey that said Konigsberg mm, on the back. What number? One. <laughs> of obviously course. <laughs> uh i had a todd helton jersey mm. i had a custom rockies jersey with one yep um trying to remember how, and then i had a for for some reason basketball was the only one where i like wanted other teams i had kobe vince carter alan iverson <laughs> you still got this stash yep i do impressive these things are so small dude <laughs> like you wouldn't even be able to get them over your shoulders. <laughs> there are tiny, tiny little jerseys. Oh, man. You know what? Now that I think about it, I do have one jersey. It's a World Series Todd Helton Rockies jersey. I got it because... Like authentic? Authentic. Yeah, wow. very authentic. A really expensive one. I got it because someone, as a wedding present, gave it to my sister-in-law. It was way too big for her, but too small for her husband, my brother, so they were like, do you want it? I'm like, sure. I'll take this $300 jersey. Bro, why didn't they just like put it in a frame or something? Uh, it's a thing of beauty. What what they should have done, because it's a, the got a little World Series patch on yep, the arm. Exactly. So they should have put it in a frame with like the Helton on the back and then yep. folded that back in the frame so you could see the World Series patch. You'll like this. It, you could probably send it to his little ranch and get it autographed. You know what? They should have they done that before. You should do that. I should, I should do that. He has... I don't know, especially now that I think of this. He has 
at the John Elway Super Bowl MVP jersey signed and framed. Ooh. He has a Terrell Davis Super Bowl jersey frame ready to go. He just needs it signed. And he has the Von Miller Super Bowl 50 MVP jersey signed and framed. Wow. Oh, he can get that TD autograph very easily. How? Just reach out. Find his email. He just started a CBD. That's true. Uh, he was sports. in Denver. Yep. yep. He has a CBD sports drink. I guarantee you, if you reach out to him uh, in one way or another and say, hey, I'm looking to complete this collection, he'll do it for sure. Well, that, you're his new best friend. I'll tell him. Yeah. No, that'll happen. Easy. Um, I have... I was obsessed with sports memorabilia when I was a kid. Mm. So I have lots of really cool stuff. I there was um, when Todd Helton won the batting title, he had 372. Yeah. They made 372 of these like limited edition pennants that mm. have them on there and I have that signed by Todd Helton. That's, That's one of awesome. my favorite ones. Um I have t- I mean I have lots of stuff. I have like a Clinton Portis autographed picture. I have when John Elway used to do his golf tournament. Yeah. He I mean that would be like a, a who's who. Like oh, never yeah. have there been so many famous oh, people in Colorado. Yeah. I would just go. I was like seven years old or something. Perfect age. Just go to stand be. on the tee box of one of the holes and just like hand stuff to the guys. <laughs> and I have like thousands of autographs, like Charles Barkley autograph basketball. Wow. Like it's crazy. Wow. Anyways, got a little off topic there. I don't know. How do we even get there? Oh, we right. were asked. Yes, okay. Yes. okay. He said, I remember when the trade happened, of course, for Champ Bailey. I was in such shock as a teen. Um, I will always remember his playoff pick against Brady, prime versus prime. Then he just, out of nowhere, just goes, are you guys dog people? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just in the middle of a, of a paragraph. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, yes, very much so. Yeah, I love dogs. I've had as many as four dogs at a time. You know, I'm a dog and cat person. Honestly, like I sometimes I joke like, "Oh, cats are the worst." Blah blah. blah. I'm really just extremely allergic to them. So there you go. That's that fair. Kind of kills it for me. <laughs> I I would like cats otherwise. Okay, now to Joe Flacco. He says <laughs> in the same paragraph. I like the fact that he's going to have a top tier defense, a good run game, and quick passing decisions. Sounds like a playoff caliber team to me. Just look at the Seahawks. I know you can't compare Flacco's physical traits to Wilson's, but you can compare the mental side and experiences they have learned from. A little long there. I should put the evergreen down. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but anyways, that was an interesting paragraph. It was all one paragraph. So um, Joe Flacco is Russell Wilson? Yes. Okay. He is a scrambling. No. <laughs> I, The Seahawks, I think, ran the ball more than anyone else last year. Hmm. That is a formula for success. Great defense. And their defense was diminished. But yeah. they did end up having a better defense than anyone wanted to give them credit for. Yeah. Good defense, run the ball, a quarterback that can be clutch on third downs and in the red zone. If you have that, you will make the playoffs. Speaking of the Seahawks defense, Bobby Wagner is not participating in their OTAs as he's holding out for a new contract. He wants to top the $17 million that C.J. Mosley got. Wow. As he probably should, but holy cow. Speaking of linebackers named Bobby... This last one here comes in from Bobby Boucher. Ah, beautiful. He says, hey, fellas, thanks for the great coverage this offseason. In the past four months, I've learned more about the offseason and nuances of the NFL and team dynamics than I have in all my prior years. That is too cool. He's one year old. (laughs) Uh, To be fair, I usually just checked out after the Super Bowl, but you guys did keep me engaged, so kudos to you. We really appreciate that. We do. He says, are there any updates on Philip Lindsay? Is his wrist healing according to plan? Also, assuming Sanders is at 100% or close to it, what do you guys think the receiver squad will be one through five? 
All right, a lot of questions here. So let's start one by one. Updates on 30. Um, he is progressing, mm-hmm. but they're taking it slow. Yep, he's he's running through non-contact drills, holding the ball in his left hand because he had, not because, but he's not doing anything with the right hand, but he looks fine. He looks great, actually. His feet look fast. Yep. He's got a sweet dark visor on. Yep. He's he's doing just well, just yep. fine. All right, receivers one through five, go. Emmanuel Sanders, hundred percent healthy. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun, Tim Patrick, Juwan Winfrey. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I still think they're going to carve out a sixth for Brennan Langley. Yep, exactly. All right, that was easy. For some unknown reason, he goes on. Last year, I had this persistent feeling that Hamilton was going to blow up. It was just a gut feeling, but every week I kept saying to myself, this is the week that never materialized, so I'm curious what your take on him is. I, I like Deshaun, and I don't think he got a, enough credit for the way he ended the season. Cortland Sutton did not show up when he was a number one receiver. He was, he was bad. Now, his stats at the end of the year were great, but I'm trying to pull up the game logs really quick for Deshaun um, to, to see how he ended. Ryan, what were your thoughts on him? I... I kind of felt the same way as Bobby Boucher. I thought he was going to break out late in the season. I'll say this. When I watch him, I, I I think of the word safety blanket. I think he's going to get a lot of catches on third down from Joe Flacco. Fair. And the, his final four games, seven catches, 47 yards, a touchdown. Seven catches, 46 yards, no touchdown. Six catches, 40 yards, a touchdown. Five catches, 49 yards, no touchdown. I mean, for a rookie to end like that? For a rookie to end like that, that's pretty strong in my mind. I mean, 728 yards isn't blowing things out of the water. But, Ryan, that's a pace of 100 catches for the season. Yeah, he definitely came on strong. And don't forget that he had an injury that he had to overcome in the middle of the season because for some reason they felt the need to put him back there as a punt returner. Please don't do that again with any valuable player. I mean, Philip Lindsay was back there at one point. That's why you keep a six-wide receiver in Brendan Langley. Exactly. Uh, he finishes here and says, lastly, unless someone else mentioned it prior to me listening to you guys, I think I was the first to request tall sizes and BSN merch. He <laughs> self-diagnoses that as a weird flex. He <laughs> says, I'm not that tall. I don't know why we're going down this road. He says, anyway, <laughs> I hope there is enough demand at some point to justify the inventory because I would buy every flavor of Broncos and Nugget shirts you have. No Rockies, however, because baseball isn't really even a sport. What a take. Wow. Says, take care, boys. Don't worry. That wasn't us, guys. Don't be coming at us. Yeah, not us. We like all sports. It's oh, actually true. We're happy that you like us, Bobby Boucher. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll come up with it. I mean, have you tried the double X? Because that's what someone else who was tall once said. Yeah, he says he looks like Slender Man. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Well, I actually have heard of the, of the Slender Man. It's kind of creepy, like, YouTube thing that ended up in someone dying. Uh, getting killed so oh, wow yeah, and uh, real yeah oh yeah so hopefully that's not what he's talking about maybe there's a different slender man a more light-hearted one <laughs> <laughs> like, like maybe that's like a superhero let's hope so yeah i feel like you would, you would uh reson- that would resonate with you that's my guy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's my guy though if there's only one slender man <laughs> uh this is probably one of those things that's over our head oh uh, i'm just googled it and there's some scary pictures not not (laughs) not someone dying but just a very creepy thing oh zach's gonna have nightmares now guys (laughs) why you gotta do this to him right as we end no happy thoughts yeah this is like going going to bed like you watch something scary right before you go to bed 
I'll just think of the draft being in Cleveland. That is pretty scary. <laughs> all right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, so we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. Thanks to all the people who tuned in with us on Periscope. Got a little peek, sneak peek at what my apartment looks like. <laughs> uh, but we will catch back up with you tomorrow back at Broncos headquarters. Uh, and until then, have a great one. It's getting me down, waiting up for you. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. (laughs) 